is a Bramble Jam podcast. Live from the North Pole, it's time for Christmas Morning, the daily show where every day is Christmas. Here are your hosts, Bran and Scott. Well, hello, everybody. Another Wednesday is here, which means congratulations. It's Christmas morning. Merry Christmas to you, Scott. Merry Christmas to you, Brandon. How's it going? It is going just splendidly. We are chugging away through August, getting closer and closer with every passing breath. This is the last tough month for me. Yeah, I agree with that. There's enough that happens in September that makes it... (laughs) There's just nothing to look forward to in August. Yeah. September, there's enough that goes on that makes you... That that is like Christmas adjacent for me. Yeah. And when we're in September in Denver, it could snow at any time. It often doesn't. I think maybe in the last five years, maybe once or twice, wow, it has snowed crazy. in September. But I, th- I think the earliest was like September 2nd. That's the earliest ever on record? No, not on record. It's, it's earliest that I remember. Okay. But talk about a recharging of my spirit. Summer's completely over at that point. Even though we all know that those things can drag into like October and we're still wearing tank tops and, and flip-flops to Thanksgiving dinner or something in November. But uh, I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm hopeful it cools down soon. I went to Michael's. They were full on Halloween. Full on. It's not Christmas, but it's getting there. All right. I'll take that. I'll take it. I'll take that too. Yeah. Um, uh, Per my quick Google, it says September 3rd, 1961 is the earliest snow on record. Okay. uh, (laughs) Well, thank you for proving me wrong. 4.2 inches. Goodness gracious. Wow. Now that's a lot. Maybe it was September 8th. I don't know. It was very early in September that I saw it. It definitely wasn't four inches. That would be something. That would be just a shocker. A shocker. That's when you turn on the fire get some hot chocolate that's when i call up my good buddy brandon and have him fly out man i'd love that i, lo- I love the snow yeah, i, know. I love the great. snow me too uh well let's find out did we get any emails this week again we got so many emails i cannot get through them all today wow 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 yeah. so i'm going to read most of them and then i have a couple uh left over first one from chris Colpack. he says i saw this and i thought it would be a great topic for the podcast it is a diehard advent calendar. It's Hans Gruber falling off the Nakatomi Plaza, and every day you move it down another floor. I've seen this before. I have as well. But it's really fun. Well, in a macabre sort of way. It is very fun. I believe uh, um, um, my buddy Matt has one of these. Oh, really? I'm not enough of a diehard fan to want this, but I do appreciate that it exists. Yeah, I think it's really fun. Uh, I got an email from Meredith Levanovich. She says, hey, Scott and Brand. Hi, Mayor. I recently spent a nice Saturday roaming a local used bookstore that also sells puzzles. It's right next to a local coffee shop, so it's the perfect recipe for Saturday adventure. Yeah, that does sound pretty awesome. It does sound great. After 20 minutes of perusing, I walked out with five puzzles for a total of $10. What a score. That is a score. I usually stick to three to 500-piece puzzles because I have very little patience, but I learned that doing a big puzzle over the course of a week is a wonderful experience. This one is a 1,000 pieces. 
One of my friends was surprised that I was doing a Christmas puzzle in July, but clearly she's just unenlightened and doesn't appreciate Christmas in July. Here, here. So, this is my advice. Get yourself a Christmas puzzle and complete it a little at a time over a week. It'll help you unwind, process your day, and you'll feel a sense of accomplishment when you're done. Sip some peppermint hot chocolate, which she calls hot chalky, while you puzzle, and it'll be even better. Thanks for the great podcast. Only 66 days until October 1st. And she included a couple pictures that I'll put on our Instagram. It's a cute puzzle. I zoomed in because I wanted to see how small these pieces actually are. And they are small. I don't know if I have the patience for this. I will say I love the idea. And I have often like said it out loud uh, to my wife. But the problem is my kids yeah, wouldn't I, I understand they, that. These pieces wouldn't yeah. survive it. So I think this may be something that I take up right. uh, later in life because I do think I would enjoy it. My cat likes to walk off with things, and I think the puzzle pieces would be one of these. I do remember we took a vacation right before my daughter was born. We went to Portland, Maine, and for some reason there was a puzzle set up on a side table. And oh. all week... Everybody, there was like six, six or seven people in the house, and all week everybody kind of just walked by and did a little bit at a time, and it was really, really fun. So I'm down with this idea. I know that's something that a lot of people do. They have like a Christmas vacation puzzle that the whole everybody who's around does throughout the uh, the vac- Christmas vacation. It's kind of fun when you get up in the morning, you're sipping your coffee, you just kind of put a few pieces together. Let me just let me just take yeah, a little yeah. uh, do a little something here. Let me find a little edge piece here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can do the edges. <laughs> from Dan Ivins, he says, "Hey Scott and Brand, like some of the others from Christmas Morning Posse, I have made a trip to Hallmark to explore the July ornament release." and I'm sending along the Christmas Vacation Mastery that I was able to obtain. I think you even had a reference to this sweater in last week's episode. Anywho, sit back and enjoy. Merry Christmas. Now, Bran, the photo here is just a still from the video he sent. I will post it. The sound is magnificent on it. It plays the Hallelujah Chorus. On the ornament. On the ornament itself, yes. Wow. And I see he also has the mug yep. uh, next to it, which is nice. He's got the, the moose mug, which I, I actually own two glass moose mugs. Great. Wonderful. I love those. They're hard to wash, though, and they're really easy to slip out of your hand, so I'm always paranoid to use them. But the ornament itself looks like a, a sweater, but kind of like a mannequin sweater, like it's filled out, and it plays music, and it's glorious. I love that. That's fantastic. Uh, from Era Evans, this is a follow-up to your question last week, Bran, about Funko. Okay, this This is now a three-week conversation we're having, and I love that. Well, it's going to go into four. It's about Uh, to, yes. Hey again, Scott and Brian. I've got answers to Funko questions. (laughs) First off, yes, they are adorable, but there are many that are very collectible and limited. Most limited slash exclusive pops, I guess that's how the cool kids refer to them. Gotta have my pops. pops. Yeah. Have a special sticker on the bottom right corner saying where it is exclusive to, if it's from a convention, what type. And she says, diamond flocked, glow in the dark, and scented, scented Funko Pops. But it stays in the box, I thought. (laughs) Well, uh, we'll have her write it again. And how many were made. If there is no sticker in the corner, it is what we call a common pop. It's a common pop. Some pops can be very valuable, even worth thousands of dollars, which adds to the collector hype. My most valuable pop is the 500-piece metallic Freddy Funko as Optimus Prime, which I got at the Fun Days event last year. So many words in there that I just don't know about. (laughs) Which is a slightly bittersweet as I'm not technically a Transformers fan, but I still love it. At this moment, it is selling on the secondary market for around (sighs) $1,000. Wow. 
To answer Brand's question, yes, the Funko Fun Days event is hosted by Funko, specifically Mike Becker, who is the original creator of Funko, who founded the company 25 years ago, and Brian Mariotti, who is the CEO, who was the CEO, but is now head of the creative department. That is, that's, that's a lot of Funko knowledge, Brand. That's a lot of Funko knowledge. I like it. I love the idea of collector mm-hmm. items. I think it's really fun. I'm like intrigued by like the the story behind yeah. it. Like, what was the first Funko pop? What was the first pop? I'm pops, just gonna say pop now because cool. I'm a cool kid. What was the first pop? How did it all like get started? I'm intrigued by. I'm more intrigued by this than I probably <laughs> yeah. should be because I have no real interest in getting getting uh, sucked into yeah. this world. But what can you do? Era, write in and let us know about these scented pops. I want to know what they're scented as. Yeah, is the box scented or yeah. is the pop? Do I have to kind of like peel the box back? a tiny bit and sniff i i need to know yeah email from Kristen lowe she says hey brandon scott a drag king is a performer who dresses as a male it's typically a female dressed as male but it doesn't have to be i didn't stay for the drag show this is from her email last week yes but my friend said it wasn't all christmas music maybe next time and i do want to point out that friend of the show alonzo texted us and said guys of course a drag king is a, a, a performer dressed as a male and i said I appreciate that, but I'm not making any assumptions on this. And uh, and he, he gave me the thumbs up on that. Yeah, we could have probably deduced, probably, probably deduced, but um, I'm I've made my living off of asking dumb questions, so why stop now? Yeah, but we're like a we're like a cat's whisker away from asking a stupid yeah, offensive fair. question. So uh, I, I try to be extra careful. And let's see. Finally, from Ken Carr says, good morning, Brandon Scott. Have you been to Hobby Lobby lately? I have not. I have not either. Attached is a small portion of their Christmas section this July. They have turned an entire corner of their store into a Christmas section. And he included a photo of it. This is what I'm used to, Brand. When Hobby Lobby does go full-on Christmas, that the whole back corner of my store, at least, there's a a row of trees, there's two rows of ornaments, all the stuff. And I haven't gone because I don't like it as much when it trickles out. I want to walk in and be completely overwhelmed with it. More than fair. They seem to only have flocked trees at this specific Hobby Lobby. Yeah, I don't care for the flocked tree. How do you feel about it? It's kind of grown on me in in the last few years. I don't know why. I'm not terribly opposed to it, but with a limited amount of space for the four or five trees I have, I don't know. It's not something I've ever looked into. And I do have two more Funko Pop emails, but we're going to read those next week because we want to make this the entire month of Funko, I think. It's It's the month of the Funko. The month of the Funko, yeah. Now, I uh, heading over to reviews real quick. I will say last week, if you remember, I talked about how we haven't had any reviews in so long and blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. We did get some reviews. I do want to point it out that when I go to chartable.com, which takes in, re- you're able to see reviews not just from your country, but from all countries. Oh, nice. We are yeah. over 200. We have 213 ratings and reviews. So let's go with that. We are over 200. And I'll, I'll tell you. Yeah, we, we experienced a massive bump between last week and this week on uh my apple podcast we did get some we're up to 196 uh which is nice so all right all right everyone's coming through we're all doing the best uh, best congratulations everybody um this one that i'm gonna read this week is from uh paco and lola 
uh, that says such a fun podcast. I've been listening since the first episode (laughs) and I cannot say how much I love this podcast. Uh, I look forward to my weekly cup of Christmas tree with Brandon Scott. I also look forward to the episode on the 25th of the month and hearing Shannon. It's so fun to hear from the listeners about their traditions. I love listening to Brandon and Scott and Shannon. Thank you so much for your Christmas cheer. And I'm interested in this, despite her, the uh, handle being Paco and Lola, she signs mm-hmm. at Caroline. So lots okay, of cool. names. It could be from anybody, really. Well, I'm sure Caroline is a handle was taken. So uh, yes. Yeah. So Paco and Lola. Yeah, is, the choices were Caroline one two three four five or Paco and Lola. I would have gone with Paco and Lola yeah. as well. I have a, I have a few more reviews that I will hold uh, for oh, future yeah. hold, weeks. Hold on those. Um, but thank you to everyone who has been leaving reviews. That was very nice. Thank you, Caroline. I appreciate that. And that that is proof that there are people out there. Uh, Paco, uh, Caroline here is proof that people. There are people that have been listening since the beginning that maybe still haven't gotten around to a review. That's very nice. So if that's you, um, let's do it. We're not trying to shame you into it, but we are trying to shame you You know what? I would maybe a little bit. Uh, Got any joke for us? I do. Are you ready for this one? I guess. Okay, this one's a little longer. What do you call an elf who steals gift wrap from the rich and gives it to the poor? Oh, wow. Um, Steals gift wrap from the rich and gives it to the poor. Or mm-hmm. I have no earthly idea. Oh, it's a uh, ribbon hood. Waka waka. Whoa, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Ba-da, 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 ba-da. That was something. Uh, I don't hate it. I will say I don't hate it. It's a good pun. For I'm, sure. I'm getting down to the back pages of the book now. So just not bad. bear with me. It's not bad. Let's do the countdown. A hundred and thirty-eight days until Christmas! Woo, boy! Nineteen weeks. We're under twenty weeks now. Oh, my gosh. We are just chugging right along. I like that we're under 140. What's the number where it's going to get real serious for you? Is it 125? Maybe 100, obviously, but... A hundred, I uh, I believe that happens on, like, September 16th. Mm-hmm. That's always a big deal uh, for me when it gets... When it, Ooh, can you imagine if it snowed in Denver and it was 100 days to go? Uh, that's the, that's just uh, proof that there is a, uh, a, a god. Uh, if that happens. If that happens, I will fly you out. Same day flight just to celebrate with oh, me, okay? I love that idea. I love that idea. <laughs> Here's a question that I ask. When's it going to be October, Scott? Oh, 53 days from now. Yeah! <laughs> it's only seven weeks away. You know what? I'm just I'm deciding to lean into the October 1st craze. Well, I think that's because you decided last week that that countdown is till the Christmas stuff on the Hallmark Channel starts showing up in regular commercials and stuff, right? Yeah, let's roll with that. We'll go with that, okay? Let's do the news. Let's do the news. Today is August 9th, 2023. Here's the news. Sounded good, Larry. Thank you. I uh, I have an interest. It's really less news this week and more of a history lesson, but it was posted on the Fox 59 website, so I'm going to roll with it as it being news. Okay. You know Santa Claus, Indiana? I'm aware that one exists. I've never been there. I don't know anything about it, but sure. Um, for some reason, here on in August, Fox 59 decided to give us the history of where the name Santa Claus, Indiana 
came from. Because oh. as we know, Santa's from the North Pole. That is where we are today. Mm-hmm. So why does Santa Claus Indiana exist? The town was originally called Santa Fe or Santa Fe. It's F-E-E okay. in the story. So I don't know. Um, but when they went to apply at the post office in 1850, they were denied because there was a, another town in Indiana with that same name. Huh. And so according to town legend, the town got together on Christmas Eve in a church to talk about what are we going to name our town. And there was a storm rolling through and it blew the church doors open. And as the church doors blew open, you began to hear children shouting, Santa Claus, Santa Claus, because <laughs> it's Christmas Eve. And the town, someone at that meeting said, that's our name, Santa Claus, Indiana. They sent it in and it was accepted by the United States Postal Service and Santa Claus. There weren't any other Santa Claus, Indianas. There was no other one. Santa Claus, Indiana came to be on May 21st. It was finally approved on May 21st, 1856. And uh, they uh, with it came a new slogan, America's Christmas Hometown. Wow. And uh, they say it's one of the only places that you can celebrate Christmas all year. I've never been there. I do know that there's like a Christmas themed uh, like theme park almost. And they have some other Christmas stuff. I have been to Christmas, Florida, and it is not Christmas all year. And I was always very disappointed when I went through that on the way to Orlando as a child. So I hope that Santa Claus, Indiana is everything that I dreamed to be. So a little history lesson and we'll call it news because that's where we are. You know. That story, 1850s, think about this. I I, want to pitch this to you, okay? We're in a Hallmark pitch meeting here. Okay. That is a plot twist they could do on that dumb show. What's that dumb show you like, the the Hope Valley? Don't say I like it, but yes, Wind Calls the Heart. Yeah, imagine that, where they have this as their plot. It's a good good story. And then they change their name to Santa Claus, and a storm blows through. I would watch that episode. It's a good story. I will say that. I like it. Thank you for bringing that. That was fun. Thank you, sir. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll do some TV updates and talk about the Christmas music battle here on Christmas Morning. We're back. TV Scotty is here with a big hat. What's with the hat? It was Uncle Ernie's. May he rest ah, in peace. Yes. Oh. <laughs> you didn't listen to the very end of last episode, did you? No, I didn't. Oh, there's a little <laughs> clip from uh, from Bob's Burgers at the end. You'll have to oh, you'll have to boy. go listen to it. Okay, I will absolutely. Yeah, I typically turn it off once the music starts. No, no, this should juice the downloads. Oh, go back yeah. and listen to the last uh, ten seconds. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's some good teasing right there. <laughs> yeah. Um do we got any T V listings for the the rest of the week? We do. It's a little on the light side, but hey, it's August. What do you want? Right. Here are your Christmas TV specials for the next few days, courtesy of MostlyChristmas.com. Wednesday, 11.30 a.m. on Decades, The Lucy Show, Together for Christmas. 5.30 p.m. on Up, Reba, Cookies for Santa. If you want to know more about that one, the Christmas aficionado did that one for us. 7 p.m. on E, Modern Family, The Old Man and the Tree. 
Thursday, 5 a.m. on IFC, Three's Company, Three's Christmas. 9 a.m. on Pop, ER, All About Christmas Eve. 3 p.m. on Hallmark Drama, The Waltons, The Children's Carol Part 1. And 4 p.m. on Hallmark Drama, The Waltons, The Children's Carol Part 2. And 5 p.m. on IFC, Everybody Loves Raymond, The Christmas Picture. Friday, 1 a.m. on Ovation, The Librarians, and Santa's Midnight Run. 4 p.m. on Hallmark Drama, Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, Fifi's First Christmas. Ooh. 12.30 p.m. on Sundance, The Andy Griffith Show, The Christmas Story. 7 p.m. on TV Land, Everybody Loves Raymond, The Thought That Counts. And 8 p.m. on Hallmark, Three Wise Men and a Baby. Ooh, a classic. Saturday, 12.30 a.m. on Logo, Mama's Family, Mama Gets Goosed. <laughs> 3.30 a.m. on Comedy Central, Futurama, Xmas Story. 7.30 a.m. on TBS, Family Matters, Christmas is Where the Heart is 2 p.m. on Comedy Central Parks and Recreation Christmas Scandal 6 p.m. on Decades The Honeymooners Twas the Night Before Christmas and 9 p.m. on Logo Married with Children The Worst Noel and finally 5.30 a.m. on Sunday VH1 The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air Twas the Night Before Christening 9.30 a.m. on TBS American Dad The Most Adequate Christmas Ever 3.30 p.m. on TV Land Mike and Molly Christmas Break and 9 p.m. on Ion NCIS The Tie That Binds and those are your Christmas TV specials for the next few days courtesy of MostlyChristmas.com Thank you Scotty You're very welcome uh, I'm sorry TV Scotty It is time for the Christmas No no regular Scotty's back already Oh good 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 mm-hmm. good good mm-hmm. Uh, It's time for the Christmas TV battle Last week's uh, last week's results are uh, are in And I am sad to say I did not win uh, But I did not get last place Last place belongs to the version by Ryan Sinclair Which was brought by the listeners Just a cute little version He's having a good old time that's a super cute version. I liked it. I brought the BA version by To Die Elsewhere. Maybe it rocked a little too hard. Maybe it rocked a little too hard. That was my concern. Yeah, but that intro is so good. It is. But the winner, and I'm not surprised because this just seems to happen. Whenever Six Appeals shows up, Six Appeals wins. They won 43.7% of the vote. It's a good version. It's a good version. My rule of thumb here is if you find an acapella version, you go with it. They do well. Yeah, it's usually a good it's like usually a good way to win. Um, I just realized before we pressed record on today's episode that today is supposed to be original music week because it's the second week of, of the month. Oh. But I forgot. You forgot. So we'll roll with that for for next week. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, what, what, this this show is flexible and malleable. We're okay. So we have a little town of Bethlehem. Um, Wish we had gone with the original. How about you? (laughs) But do we have any uh, fun facts about this song? I do. The text of O Little Town of Bethlehem was written by an Episcopal, I thought it'd be Episcopalian, but okay. It says Episcopal priest named Phillips Brooks. He was inspired by visiting the village of Bethlehem in the Sand Jack of Jerusalem in 1865. I don't know what a Sand Jack is. A Sand Jack? I don't either. He's that guy that hosted Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> uh, three years later, he wrote the poem for his church, and his organist, Louis Redner, added the music. So, a little backstory on Oh Little Town of Bethlehem. I didn't know it was from 1865 ish. I didn't either. I assumed that it was older. Yeah, I, I figured it was old, but some of these things really surprised me. I assumed that it was older than that. That does make sense. I mean, 
mean, Bethlehem's been there for, for a hot been there minute. For a hot minute. That's true. I think Dwayne and I are going to do a whole episode of Tinsel Tunes on Oh Little Town of Bethlehem. I was a little bit inspired to try to find better versions. Okay. Well, I will possibly listen. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't necessarily love this song. It's kind of a slog. I like lots of Christmas carols. This one would not be mm-hmm. one that I would put on my Christmas carol playlist. Um, but It's very slow. It's, it's just whatever. It's a little bit of a slog, and I found these versions to be uh, equally as sluggish um, that I found, but let's see what you and the listeners uh, came up with. Maybe I like one of those more, but up first is a version by Kane Canotes, Canotes. pretty good version i don't mind it i like listen i like a little driving guitar i do like a driving guitar yeah i like that i like that uh, up next we have a version by bethia bethia oh little town of bethlehem how still we see the light above thy deep and dreamlessly the silent stars go by Yet in thy dark street shineth The everlasting light The hopes and fears of all the years Are met in thee tonight For Christ is born of Billy Holiday kind of thing going on there. I liked that. A little bit. A little. You're just sitting there drinking a little cocktail as Bethia soothes you. Uh, last but not least, here is Katie Cole. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see. Shine of the everlasting. 
All right, that was fun too. This song blows. <laughs> <laughs> of the crop that was available, those were good versions. Yes. What was your experience going through them? Man, I just was falling asleep. Yeah. I tried my best. I found one that I thought did it the best of what I could find. I did not go through every page. I went through a handful of them, yeah. and they were just all very much like, here it is. I didn't find any rock versions. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't find any like uh, last week. I don't know about you. When I'm listening, usually the song that I end up picking, I know within maybe the first five seconds yeah. of hearing it, like, yep, that's the one. This week, it wasn't really like that. There weren't uh, tremendously awful ones. Some weeks, I think the like the metal bands try to do a goof and, and put out versions of songs so they can laugh with their friends or something. I didn't come across those, but yeah, everything was just okay. Yes, but you can vote now in the link in the description. Let us know which one of those versions you like the best. Next week will be original Christmas song week. So go ahead and, and scour the band camp to find the best of the best when it comes to original yep. Christmas songs. If you have sent one in the past and it hasn't been used, feel free to resubmit that for this week uh, if you want to get out of doing the homework. (laughs) I do want to also point out, because we had a question this week from a first-time submitter, Okay, only submit one song, please. please. If you do multiple, ethically, I have to pick the first one. Otherwise, I'm editorializing and I can't do that. Right. So uh, it has to be from Bandcamp and this week has to be original and only send one, please. But go to Bandcamp.com, search for original Christmas music, which is a little bit tricky. You just kind of got to pick some keywords and just like... Yeah, I I go back through my favorites list and I find artists that I like and I skim their track listings and hope to find one. That's usually what I do. We did get listener submissions this week from Laura Beth Harp, Julia Ledwell, Tia King, Lenora Gilbert, Drew Basic, and Brad Adams. Thank you all for submitting. Uh, well, thank you, Scotty, for reading, and thank you to everybody for listening today. We're going to be back next week with another episode. A Christmas uh, party episode is coming up in just a few weeks. we still got some time, but not a, a, a ton of time. Uh, no, so please, if you haven't sent something in and you want to send something in, christmasmorningpodcast at gmail.com. We love the uh, the audio when you read your when you read your stuff to spice it up, but you don't have to if that's not your deal. So just send whatever you want to send in, a memory, a song, a funny story. It can be anything. A recipe. You can send in a joke. If you think you can do better than Laffy Scotty, see what you can do. There you go. We'll be back next week with another one. Until then, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas.